0: You're listening to (laughs) a Mamma Mia podcast.
1: From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix.
0: Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick.
1: And I'm Key Reese. And in today's Deep Dive, the third episode of SAS Australia aired last night, and Candice Warner was interrogated about an incident that happened 13 years ago. Today we discuss how certain scandals are reported on in the media. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day.
0: I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want
1: more headlines.
0: So in some not very fun news to talk about on this Tuesday, Jessica Origliasso from The Veronicas has split from her fiancé, Kai Carlton, and her announcement has really got people talking. Uh, Jessica announced the breakup on Instagram, and she revealed that she was not afforded any real explanation for the breakup, which is kind of a little nugget of information that people have picked up on. She then went on to say, well, I appreciate your concern as much as our relationship was on social media. I don't know what to say except that I wish to put this behind me, and I'm lucky have people who love me and to support me through this time. So the sisters who are currently filming the new season of The Celebrity Apprentice Australia have spoken in the past on Australian radio about their struggle to get Kai into Australia as he lives in the US. And what's really sad about this and watching any kind of, I guess, relationship play out in the media is that it's not the first time Jessica has had to publicly announce a breakup and face media scrutiny like this. In 2019, she broke up with her girlfriend of the time, Ruby Rose, following a lot of headlines about their toxic relationship. So we really feel for Jess And we can't imagine how hard this would be, especially because we know that she and her sister Lisa are currently caring for their mother as well as working during this time. So just hoping that the media and the public are kind to them.
1: Yeah, that is sad news. I really like them as a couple. I hope she's going to be okay. It's a bit of a tough time for them at the moment. Well, onto some happier news. Actor and activist Emily Radikowski has announced that she and movie producer husband Sebastian Bear McLeod are expecting their first child. She made the announcement via a pregnancy reveal video directed by her famous friend, actress Lena Dunham, for US Vogue.
0: There is a quietness that comes with pregnancy, a humbling. I'm listening for you, I'm full of wonder. Mornings and nights, my stomach grows, it's getting colder, an election is coming. I feel you flutter underneath my belly button. I want you to see the world's potential. You feel like the world's potential.
1: Along with the video, she also wrote an essay for the website's digital issue where she revealed that she does not want to force gender stereotypes on her future child and so will not be confirming the gender. She wrote, when my husband and I tell friends that I'm pregnant, their first question after congratulations is almost always, do you know what you want? We like to respond that we won't know the gender until child is 18 and that they'll let us know then. She said that usually everyone laughs at this, but then she went on to say, one hints at possibilities that are much more complex than whatever genitalia our child might be born with. The truth is that we have ultimately no idea who, rather than what, is growing inside my belly. Who will this person be? It's a fascinating essay. She makes some really good points about gender and the differences between wanting a little girl, wanting a little boy. I recommend reading the full essay on Vogue.com. We will link it in our show notes for you. Na, na, na,
0: na. Okay, so on to a bit of a wild celebrity news for today. So, Key, we thought The Bachelorette in Australia was kind of pushing the envelope a little bit with having two Bachelorettes, but the US version once again has proven itself to be the craziest kind of part of this franchise, and this season in particular is making a lot of headlines. So, there's quite a lot to get through here, so I'll try and just, you know, go through it snappy. So, in early March, Claire Crawley, who was a previous contestant on one of The Bachelor seasons, was announced as the 2020 Bachelorette. Very exciting for her. They're a few weeks into filming, of course, a pandemic struck, as we're all very familiar with. Production was shut down and everyone returned home to go into quarantine. And then uh, later on, after safety measures were put in place, filming resumed. So during the first episode of filming, though, it became very clear that Claire had already picked a front runner, a guy called Dale Moss. In fact, when she met him on the red carpet, she actually said to the camera, oh man, I definitely feel like I just met my husband and I'm shaking. Ooh. However, many people have already seen speculated, and this seems to be quite true because a lot of different outlets, including People and Us Weekly, have reported on this, that Claire was actually in contact with Dale prior to filming or that she had at least found him on social media and picked him as his early favourite or he had tracked her down some way. They had already formed a relationship before they actually fronted up to film in front of the cameras. A source even told people that it was so obvious from those first few days on the show that her heart wasn't in meeting or dating any of the other guys. She and Dale are only wanted to be together, and it ended up with her going to the producers and saying the two of them together that they wanted out. So pretty much we have a bachelorette who was walked out of her season midway because she just has decided that she can't go through the whole rigmarole of dating men only to end up with the one she wants. But because this is a multi-million dollar franchise and a lot of people's jobs and the network and everything is at stake, they weren't actually allowed to leave. So it's been said that Claire and Dale have been taken to a private home where they have remain until the season airs. They can kind of keep what's happened under wraps. And what we do know is that a new bachelorette has been brought into the show to pick up that role. And basically, she's going to slot into Claire's place and date the leftover men who have been left on the show. So her name is Taisha Adams. She's the new bachelorette in the US. And it's just been a wild time. You see...
1: The franchises in the US are just so much more juicy than ours over here because like real stuff happens, you know, not <laughs> not made up stuff. But it's just so funny because people usually just stick it out. Like I remember Sam Wood famously saying that he knew in episode one that it was Snazana was his pick and he had to go through the process. Same, I think, with Maddie J and Laura Burns. So good on her for getting out and being with the love of her life. Well, the third episode of the ratings juggernaut that is SAS Australia aired last night on Channel 7. The episode saw former Iron Woman Candace Warmer up for a midnight interrogation where she was forced to address an incident that happened 13 years ago. While she didn't elaborate on specific details on the incident during the interrogation, she was more open during an on camera interview in post production. So, in my early 20s, I made a very big mistake something that I'm not proud of, but something I can never take back. I put myself in a situation where I shouldn't have, and because of that, I brought embarrassment, shame to my family. So, the incident that she's referring to happened in April of 2007 and involved Candace, of course, and also All Blacks player Sonny Bill Williams. At the time, Candace was 22. She was single and an Iron Woman. And Sonny Bill was 21, also single, and playing for the Canterbury Bulldogs in the NRL. The pair met at Clovelly Hotel in Sydney. Candace was on a night out, and Sonny was there celebrating with his teammates about a win that they had the night before. The pair were dancing, ended up kissing, and later a member of the public used a mobile phone to capture the pair hooking up in a bathroom cubicle. The picture ended up going viral. It was all over women's magazines and was the talk of the town. What struck me last night when she was talking about this again, 13 years later, was the language that she was using to describe the incident. She was saying things like shame, embarrassment, something that she can never take back. And it just made me really frustrated because I thought, here you are. 13 years later, you're married to, you know, a really lovely guy. You have got three gorgeous children and you're really successful and you still are having to feel like you have to apologise for something that initially actually you didn't even do anything wrong for.
0: I wasn't totally across this scandal as it's being called until it kind of came up on SAS and we were talking about it this morning. And initially I thought there must be more to this Mm. story, that they must have been cheating or something else had happened. Obviously that's still not okay, but I thought there must be something else to it. But when you actually see it's two consenting adults having a private moment in a public place but they were locked in a stall and someone's obviously put their phone over the top to film them and I just think that goes into that whole idea of when people have photos stolen off their camera or and leaked to the press and they get criticized for that or when paparazzi take long lens photos of into private estates and the blame comes back on the person where it should be the person who's actually taking the image.
1: Oh, 100%. And even after the encounter a year later in 2008, Candace was speaking to the ABC and she said, I wasn't in a state where I didn't know what happened, but you don't think of your actions when you're drunk and that they can have an effect on your life. And I just thought, this is insane. And it made me really think about another famous example of a quote unquote scandal that happened. And that's with Lara Bingle, now Worthington, back in, I think, 10 years ago in 2010 with former AFL player Brendan Favola. And in their instance, he was having an affair. It's unclear whether Lara Bingle was aware of it or not, but still, I don't actually think that that should have any impact on what actually ultimately happened but an image of her in which she looks noticeably distressed at the camera you know her face is painting being like why are you taking a photo of me and it's taken in a shower she's covering up her modesty and that was circulated between Brendan Favola's friends and his teammates and then ended up being published in Woman's Day she had to come out at the time because basically the media turned on her they were slut shaming her and everyone was kind of against her and she was saying hang on a minute an image of me was taken without my consent and then it was distributed and she came back I think a couple of years ago and spoke to Press then. because since then you know we now know like revenge porn and things like that and we don't agree with it and she said this happened to me 10 years ago and no one stood up for me.
0: Exactly. It really did tarnish her reputation. I remember that at the time that she was this, yeah, like slutty woman and there was real fodder around her name and her career. And I think at the time she talked about like, it really did tarnish her business opportunities, Mm. but also the fact that every time she sat down for an interview, she had to talk about it. And i like to think that we've come further than that, looking at that picture and noting how distressed she was and that that wouldn't happen now. But then you look also at the conversation that we have around women who are in the public eye in Australia now and who are on reality TV. And we have really come that much further, I would say.
1: Oh, completely. I think a good example of that is Abby Chatfield. You know, she was on Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor and she was just someone that feels okay with her sexuality and wasn't afraid to, you know, kiss him on camera or be intimate with him. But the press had a field day with that. But in all of these examples this never affected the other person who was involved. So Brendan Favola, I think he got taken off an ad campaign, but arguably it didn't really affect his career that badly. Matt Agnew was still squeaky clean at the end of it. No one was saying anything throughout his whole season. And then Sonny Bill Williams has never really had to have any slack. So it just goes to show you that whenever a woman is involved in something like this, she is always always persecuted because it comes down to the fact that women just are not allowed it's not acceptable for them to be sexual it's not acceptable for them to have desires and ultimately they have to continue paying it for the rest of their career
0: Exactly. And also just looking at those three examples, I mean, they're so different. I mean, if you compare to Candace or Lara having photos and images of them taken illegally and leaked, and then Abby being on a TV show where she's completely consenting, completely okay with what's happening, Mm. they are such different situations. But they still, you're right, get all tarred together with the same brush and the same headlines. And it just sticks to them. Like, you know, 10 years later, and that's still one of the defining headlines about Lara Bingle, and it's still one of the defining headlines about Candace Warner. So as much as people say we've come away from that, I just don't think we have.
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Remember to rate and review us so that more people can find us and we can grow our awesome group of spillers. This episode of The Spill was produced by Mel Zauer. We'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.